On this episode of Locked on Lightning, we're continuing our player reviews. Today, we're talking about Tanner Janot, all that more. But first, let's play that music. You're Locked on Lightning, your daily podcast on the Tampa Bay Lightning. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another episode of Locked On Lightning, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Adam Denker. Today's episode of Locked On Lightning is brought to you by our friends at the Game Time app. Download the app today, create an account, and use that code Locked On NHL for $20 off your first purchase. Today, we're continuing our player review. And we're talking, you know, we, we were originally going through the lines, but we're changing it up. And we're talking about Tanner Janelle, a very Big lightning rod, sensitive subject, I think, for all lightning fans. And 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 really, in, in case you are late to the party, now, there was every year kind of just backing it up. Every year we have or at least the last couple of years, Lightning fans have been used to sure things coming at the trade deadline. And what I mean by that is Julian Brees boss really bringing in somebody at the trade deadline, giving up, uh, giving up, you know, uh, pieces. I'm sorry. I lost my train of thought there. Br- giving up pieces to bring in a player who, and that's the cool thing about hockey is that you could give up a guy who's, Somewhat good at scoring, somewhat good at playing physical, all right at faceoffs. And obviously, this is kind of a thing across all sports, but I think it's more you, you get more for your buck when you bring back a player that could do all of those things or, or all the pieces that you traded away for in one. And that's what we kind of figured what was going to be the deal with Tanner Janot. Now, basically the trade is Tanner Janot goes to Tampa. The Predators get Cal Foot, who this is my player review for Cal Foot. He had a, a horrific season. I was really high on the Cal Foot train coming into this season, and he disappointed me and made me look like an idiot, but it is what it is. Not all of us could could be perfect on our predictions. And alongside Calfoot, and I think this is the very this is the point of contempt for a lot of Lightning fans. And and you know, I'm I'm still cautiously optimistic, and we'll get into that. Five, five future draft picks go down in Asheville. And I think if you're lightning fans given the recent amount of success over the last couple of years in which this team has given away draft picks at the deadline for players and and just you know winning cups and going far in the playoffs it's very important when you're trading away draft picks that you're getting something back that you're going to be able to see results on right away and this is the first time in the Julian Breezeboss era where we look at a player 
so far that hasn't measured up to the expectations put towards them. You know, it was one thing last year with Brandon Hagel. He gave away a couple of prospects. That's one thing. But then this year, obviously, he comes back and has a phenomenal 30-point, 60-point season, 30-goal, 60-point season. Now, and, and that's kind of, I feel like, the same thing that we're seeing or, or actually kind of starting to talk about with Tanner Janot. And just to go off his stats, just to really summarize the season that he had, and I'm not even – I mean, if you want to look at his numbers – in Nashville and, and look at that in any sort of way, go ahead. 56 games, five goals, 14 points. Comes to Tampa, plays 20 games, has one goal, four points. Doesn't play a whole ton of games in the playoffs due to just ineffectiveness as well as injury. Um, but I think we have to look at Tanner Janot. You know, when we've been doing these player reviews, We've been talking about all the, the very good things that players have been doing or had done this past season. And I feel like, and, and let me know in the comments below what you feel about this. I don't feel like it's fair to talk about Tanner Janot's 20-game stretch that he had with the Tampa Bay Lightning. Now, if you look at his season as a whole, it doesn't make things a whole lot better. I mean, also, it doesn't, doesn't matter what he did in the other 56 games in Nashville, because that has no effect on the Tampa Bay lightning. I don't think it's fair to Tanner Janot right now to look at what he did in 20 games and call it a failure or call it a, or call it whatever you want. But I think at the end of the day, I think that Tanner Janot's season, his tenure thus far, in Tampa Bay had it he was really put into this situation that I think that was very unfair for a player uh a having the season that he was had and b putting into a new situation where as we all know if Brandon Hagel is any indication of this uh it takes a while for some players to get acclimated for guys like Nick Paul it doesn't that's just the way it is and what we should do with Janot is not look at his future. I mean, not look at his past. Look at this past season. Look at the future. Look at what we could expect from him. And I look at his past. I look at his, especially his 2021-22 season, 81 games, 24 goals, 41 points. Five of those goals were game-winning goals. Two of those were power play goals and I, I finishing seventh in the call there, by the way, let's let's, I want to throw that in because I think it's a very important element. Um, and will I, I will say that during that season, I thought he was one of the more impressive rookies that we did see the entire year. Um, and I think lightning fans should, as we are all going to be, nervous going into the season about what is going to happen with Tanner Janot. I think all Lightning fans should really look at the 2021-22 season and quite honestly hang their hat on that because I look at it this way. This is the guy's first full season in the league 
He's able to acclimate. And, and on a team, mind you, a national team that was not very good, be one of the bright spar- spots, be able to be an all-around player. And I'll be honest, I'm fully expecting something around those numbers. I think that we should withhold judgment on Tanner Janot and as well as that trade because, I, like I said, or at least I was starting to allude to, that the expectations surrounding Tanner Janot are very unfair thus far considering what was given up for him. And I'm and nobody should blame him. I don't think that he should be have any added pressure on himself. But I think that we need to measure our expectations. Now, if he goes out and has a 24-goal season somewhere around 40 points, 45 points, maybe closer to 50, I would call that a win. And that is really, I think, at this point in his career, he's going to be 26 next season. Um, he just turned 25 in May, so he'll be, he'll be actually, he's turning 26 in a couple of days. Actually, he's going to be 26 at the end of May. What I'm trying to say is that I think, unfortunately for Janelle, unless he comes out and has a couple of 30 goal seasons, uh, in Tampa Bay, I, I really think that unfortunately that Julian Brees boss kind of put somewhat of a, I wouldn't say a bounty on his head, but I think he's going to what he gave up in his desperation of waiting to the last minute to get a player for the lightning at the deadline. I think really, really made things a lot difficult for his new asset. I and and I will say this a 100 times throughout the course of the season. I'll say this throughout. I'll say this a 100 times over the summer as we get closer to the beginning of the season. Tanner Janos is going to be just fine, okay? We are going to get, hopefully, a close to 20, 25 goal scorer. We're going to get a guy that could really do a lot of everything. We're going to get a guy that is going to play very well, and he's going to earn earn himself a spot on the third line, whether it be in training camp or whether it be throughout the course of the season. I think when we look at what the – issues that we have with Tanner Janot, I think we got to look at Julian Brees boss, not the player himself. That's just how we should look at it. I mean, we look at it this way. I, I like to equate it to you go to a restaurant that a friend of yours has immensely hyped up, you go there, the, the food is somewhat okay. And now your attitude about that restaurant is really really high and 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 really your opinion has faltered way more than it probably should have because your expectations were hyped up or really maybe that a, a better situation or a better analogy is you buy a car and it is a hundred thousand dollars but it drives like a like a jetta and you know what you're expecting a hundred thousand dollar car that car may drive well because of what you paid for it but it, it may it may drive well for 60 grand, but it may not drive well enough for 100 grand. Listen, we got to make peace right now as Lightning fans that Tanner Janot may be a hundred that may be a sixty thousand dollar car and not a hundred thousand dollar car. Just because 
Tanner, uh, Julian Burst boss paid overpaid for him doesn't necessarily mean that he is worth that much. He may be worth that much in the eyes of Julian Brees boss out of desperation, but not necessarily because of the level of talent that he has still, nonetheless, a very talented player still none, nonetheless going to be a very important and vital part of this lightning team come next season. So I would expect him to start the season on the fourth line. Like I said, let's just file this one away, not even look at it, maybe look back on it in a couple of seasons and laugh about it. But at the end of the day, Tanner Janot is going to be a very good player for this Lightning squad. I think he'll start the season on the fourth line. I think he'll work his way up to the third. And we take it day by day with him. That's all we could do. So we'll talk about more about Janot. We'll talk about more about this team. Where does he fit in? What is the ideal situation for him? We spoke about Brandon Hagel the other day. Uh, him being on the second line, maybe a better situation for him is on, on the first with Cooch and Point. Is that the same case with Janot? We'll talk about that. But first, I want to talk about today's sponsor, and that is our friends at Game Time. Now, if you're trying to go to your favorite sporting event, or any event, concert, comedy show, whatever it be, you got to get your tickets from game time. Because guess what? I used this back in April when I was going to see Rangers Lightning. I got the tickets last minute. And guess what? I made out like a bandit in terms of the, the prices that were available to me on the game time app. Last minute tickets, super cheap. And the best part, I was not stressed none at, at all game time is fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports music comedy and theater near you with killer deals on last minute tickets and their best price guarantee you could stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you will have so download the game time app create an account and use that code lock on nhl for 20 dollars off your first purchase terms apply again create an account and redeem the code lock on nhl for 20 dollars off download game time to that game time today last minute tickets lowest price Guaranteed. So moving on, well, not really moving on, sidestepping, if you will, talking about Tanner Janot. And as we're talking about that, please go ahead and subscribe to our YouTube channel if you're watching us right now. And if you're listening to us, remember, subscribe to us on any of the apps or services or platforms that you are listening to us on too. And if you want to listen to us on the go, we are available wherever podcasts are distributed in audio form. And the most important part and best part about that is that we are free. So go ahead and do that. Talking about Tanner Janot today on our continued series of player reviews. And the conversation, like I said, I think is very tense for Lightning fans especially. I mean, I, I think there was a lot of raised eyebrows at the trade deadline when the Lightning, when it was announced at least that the Lightning were making this deal. Remember, gave up Cal Foot uh, at the coming into the season. I think there was a lot of high expectations for Cal Foot. He comes in, just looks completely overwhelmed and and really you know, it's one of those things where if I was the GM, if I could have kept him, I would because I still believe that Calfoot could have been able to be some sort of vital part of this team. Now, if I had the hindsight that Darren Radish was going to play as well as he did in the playoffs, I would have said 
I, I would have said sooner, let's get Calfoot out of here. Then again, now we got the whole Ian Cole question mark. Is he coming back uh, situation? Um, also, you know, now we're talking about Alice Kalorn. Is he coming back this offseason as well? A lot of question marks also with Ross Colton. Now, like I said, and we will talk about until the cows come home. Tanner Janot didn't ask for this amount of pressure to be put on him. You know, it's he had one very good full season uh, in his previous year prior to this one. 24 goals, 41 points. Phenomenal. Seventh overall in the Calder Trophy uh, votes. Phenomenal. Um, anytime a guy finishes in the top 10 in the Calder Trophy uh, voting or any trophy for that matter, that is performance-based. I think that is a very good sign uh, that that player is going to, especially if he's young, going to continue to develop. Um, I, I I say this for a lot of 30-goal scorers in the league, and I will even say this for guys that hit the or, – or at least somewhat close as he was uh, to the 25-goal mark. I firmly believe that, you know, a guy just doesn't hit that mark and just falls off the face of the earth in terms of scoring – that talent is there, you know. It, it's it's very hard within him within itself to score 25, 30, 35 goals in this league. And anytime a guy does that, I think that displays a, a very large amount of talent. And and with a guy like Tanner Janot, who could really do a lot of things, you know, we talk about uh, Mikey Esima a lot on this show about how he has that potential to hit that scoring has shown that he could play physical. I think the same goes with Janot. I think that he has the same amount of potential as Mikey Esima to be that kind of Swiss Army Knife player. Uh, the only difference between Esima and Janot is that Janot has shown it, that he could put that all together in the course of an 82-game season. Uh, Esima, you know, I, even though he's shown a ton of flashes when he has played at the Lightning uh in the lightning lineup, Janelle, I think that's why I'm more calm about him being around and, and doing what he needs to do um, and, and play the way that we all expect him to. Now, as what we talked about with Brandon Hagel on the previous episode, I think with certain players, especially with Hagel, and I think it definitely applies to Janelle, it really comes down to situation. You know, you can't just put a guy like Janelle which I think the Lightning didn't, you know, they were kind of forced to at the same time, so you can't really fault them to that. They put him on the third line, doesn't really produce, doesn't really do a good job at all. It's kind of just just really just not present, not really showing his 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 presence on the ice. Yeah, he put he was in some fights uh in the first couple of weeks of his tenure and that's phenomenal, that's great, but at the end of the day, the Lightning traded, regardless of how you feel about the assets that they traded away, they traded for a guy that is going to be a Swiss Army knife, a guy who's like a five-tool player, a guy that could do a little bit of everything. They didn't sign up for a brawler. They got Patrick Maroon on the fourth line. They got Pierre-Edouard Belmar. We have enough guys that could fight on this team. That's not an issue here. The issue is that the Lightning were not getting the production needed in the depth on this team, whether it be the third 
or the fourth lines. And really that was the issue. And I think also at the same time, when you're looking at this team, I think Julian Brees boss had next year and the year after in mind in terms of, you know, obviously we're not going to be big players in the free agency. You know, we're not going to go out there and get a guy that is going to be able to slide in and, and, and be able to sign for cheap. That's just not how it's going to work for the lightning with the salary cap. Um, obviously with their issues defensively, I think they're going to spend more money, but at, in the long term, I think this Janot deal is going to look very good for them. Now it's all about going forward and, you know, using him the right way. And, and I think the best way the, the Tampa Bay Lightning and John Cooper especially could utilize him is kind of, and this all depends on what's going to happen with the fourth line because I've been yelling and screaming all season long about this, and a lot of Lightning fans have kind of been in the same boat as I, at least listeners that I've seen the feedback in the comments. I think we've all have been in agreement that Corey Perry should not be on the fourth line. I don't think that at this point in his career, I don't think it's right for him. I don't think it's right for the Lightning to relegate him to that fourth line sandpaper role where, let's face it, yeah, you know, especially on when you're on a line with Patrick Maroon and Pierre-Edouard Belmar, who... Really, your your whole goal when you're playing along those guys is to just go out there and disrupt the flow of the game and, and really br- start the momentum for your team. A guy like Corey Perry, who is I still think has a lot of goals left in him, especially at this point in his career, I think you need to squeeze him for any juice he has left. And, and really the best way to do that is put him on the third line. Whereas I, I think that if you're going into this mindset that this season, if you're John Cooper, that Jano, he is what he is. Let's throw him on the fourth line. I'm fine with that. But I think if you want to utilize all the aspects of his game, and this may not be a popular opinion among some Lightning fans, and I'm sure there'll be some people that will disagree with me, which is perfectly fine. I think the Lightning should start the season with Mikey Esamont on the fourth line. I think that this is obviously dependent on a, on a number of things. Now, Perry, Janot, and Paul playing on the third line together is dependent on what happens with Ross Colton in the offseason. I am perfectly fine, and this idea was brought up before, um, I think on the previous episode, which I'm really happy someone got to it before I may, that I think the perfect combination or the mindset, as much as it would suck to kind of have this conversation, especially, you know, the role he plays in lightning history, the more likely and unfortunate situation that's going to happen this off season is that the lightning are going to trade Ross Colton because, you know, there's, and this might sound a little hypocritical, but given the argument I just made for Janot, there's proving that you could play and then having a, a, a drawback season and complete. And then there's having a season where you play well and completely falling off. And I think that we've already reached that with Tanner Janot and the lightning at this point in time, 
when you're measuring who is more valuable of an asset right now, is it Tanner Janelle or Ross Colton? I think given the circumstances behind how Tanner Janelle was acquired, you got to unfortunately cut your losses with Ross Colton, trade him away, whether it be just to free up some more cap space, um, maybe get a defenseman if you can in the process or get a deaf defenseman if you can or some draft picks even. I think that that will that whole scenario plays in Janot's favor just because then he's not buried on the fourth line. Whereas Esamon, I feel, can thrive every anywhere and everywhere he is. I'm not worried about Esamon playing on the fourth line. And him paired on that line with whether it be a Maroon in Belmar or somebody else, I would really like to see another name that was brought up. The name that I would like to see on the fourth line is Cole Kiepke. I thought he played in the brief time that he was up at the NHL level. I really like the way he played. I would imagine that once Colton's out of the out of the the the, the equation, that Janot will be on that third line with Paul and Perry, and then you could throw Esamont. Probably Maroon and Kepke. I I just don't see. And, and here's the thing that the Lightning, which I'm nervous about, because we could sit here and talk for an hour about all the the possible line combinations when it comes to where Tanner Janot is is going to succeed. I think as long as he plays on a line where he could get free, play on the wing, play along a guy who is experienced enough, such as Nick Paul, I think he'll thrive. I think that if Tampa Bay chooses to go the other way and puts him on the fourth line and has him play alongside Patrick Maroon and Pierre Pierre Edouard Belmar, Belmar or somebody else. I think that you're seriously shooting yourself in the foot and setting Tanner Janot up for failure. So wrapping things up, I, I mean, is there really any right scenario right now at this point in time that we could point to and say for a hundred percent certainty that that is going to be the right way to play Tanner Janot? I don't think so. And, and it's, like I said, it's it's a situation where I feel like if you trade him for, if you trade Cal Foot and maybe a draft pick for him, the conversation is very different and the, the complications surrounding it are very different. I think that there's a lot more, there, there's not as much pressure to create a spot for him. Um, I think that the Lightning cannot go into this regular season with him being a healthy scratch. Like I said, the talent is there. I don't think he's worth Cal Foot in five future round draft, but five future draft picks. I, 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 like I said, I think he's maybe a draft pick and a player. I think that's even asking too much at that point. Um, at the time, I thought maybe that was what was going to get done, but. 
obviously, as we all know, uh, Julian Brees' boss thought differently. I just think that really at the end of the day, believe it or not, you know, we talk about a lot of how players need to go out there, perform, and it's all up to them. I think at the end of the day, what it comes down to this season, whether or not whether or not John Cooper puts Janot in the best situation to succeed. And and as we all know from this past season, Cooper, who is normally very good at pulling the right strings, uh, has been very suspect throughout the course of the season. You know, we, you could look at Perry playing on the fourth line as evidence. You could look at his somewhat absolute refusal to take Stamkos off the first line and put Hagel there. Uh, or it, even putting Hagel, I mean, even putting Stamkos on the on the second line. I, I, I think that if I'm John Cooper, it's really I'm, – I'm putting Paul Sorelli and – and I don't know. I I, I, I just think that uh, there's too many moves. There's too many question marks that need to be taken care of before we're really sitting here with confidence and really talking about line moves. Um, because like I said, Alex Kalorn, um, does he come back? Ross Colton, is he in a lightning sweater next year? Um, what happens to this fourth line? Um is Pierre Edouard Belmar and Patrick Maroon going to be the long-term answers for this team? There, there's so many question marks surrounding this team where really the thing that makes me more nervous is that we're going to be sitting here going into the first game of the season and Tanner Janot is not dressed. Unless it's health-related. If he's just a healthy scratch, um there's going to be a lot of issues that are going to be spoken about that are going to be aired on this show uh, pertaining to that. Because like I said, um, a lot of pressure on him for no reason. And I think that really I would, I would hope we start to hear more as the summer goes on. Cause I'm sure Cooper will make his, his rounds. I'm sure we'll hear something from Brees boss. I'm hopefully at some point, Janelle will himself will even talk about it. We'll talk about all of that uh, as it unfolds. And please go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. Give us a follow because we'll be coming to you all summer long talking about the fun and the not so fun news surrounding this team. So uh, join us on the next episode of Locked on Lightning. But in the meantime, that's been it for this episode of Locked on Lightning, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. I'm your host, Adam Danker. I'll talk to you in.